0: Hello friends and welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host Harrison Lee, and I have a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. As always, if you like this episode and want to stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Doing so is always free and ensures you never miss another episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. On tonight's show, there are a couple of different things I wanted to discuss. One of them will be the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs from this weekend, which I think a lot of people probably watched because I believe it was a nationally broadcast game and, well... Yeah, didn't exactly go according to plan. There is some more urgent discussion to be had before, though, and I think it's a uh, a little bit of a troubling point that's come out for the Jets. It is, in fact, that Adam Lowry and Nikolai Ehlers are both going to miss tonight's game against the Edmonton Oilers. Now, what gets even more worrying is that Ehlers is out for the remainder of the regular season. I don't recall which hit actually sidelined him. It might have been the Muzzin hit, and it's not entirely clear what he's specifically ailing from, but it does seem like the Jets have shut him down, at least for the foreseeable future, and for the Jets, that's going to be a serious problem. Aylers has been one of our most consistent, even-strength and power play contributors which leaves the Jets with not many offensive options capable of handling transition the way he does. I think Ehlers is one of our best forwards. He's certainly been one of our team's MVPs. If Connor Hellebuck didn't exist, he'd be this season's MVP by a pretty fair country mile, so I think it's very hard to overstate how important Ehlers is to this team and certainly to how Winnipeg likes to create. And his absence for any sort of extended stretch beyond the regular season is going to be a real problem. It's going to suck already as it is because having, you know, a a huge absence of of what Ehlers brings to this team throughout the regular season, which is still like seven or eight games, you know, that's that's not exactly an insignificant amount of time to be without one of your star players, especially somebody who is as good as Ehlers is. So, I don't really know how Winnipeg is going to try and compensate. This might be a time where we actually see Cole Perfetti, or at least ideally we would see him. I doubt we will. I think the Jets are going to turn to other guys first. But Winnipeg just doesn't really have anyone capable of replicating what Ehlers does for this team. So... I know that the Jets are going to have to figure something out. I'm not exactly sure about tonight's plan. We'll talk about the lines in just a moment. But the other absence that is going to be notable is Adam Lowry on that third line. He took an injury the other day where he was, um, of course, elbowed. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but he did take a bit of a high hit. He hasn't been announced with an official diagnosis, but I think a lot of people are suspecting he has some sort of a concussion based on the style of hit and his reaction to it and the fact that he went down the tunnel and did not come back. Looks like it is a head trauma, so I would not expect him to suit up anytime soon for the Jets. He was in a non-contact jersey today, but I don't think that means he's going to be back within the next couple of games. It'll probably take a little bit of time before he's fully recovered. The Jets can survive a little bit easier without Adam Lowry just because they actually have genuine center depth. Which, speaking of that center depth, it is going to be tested tonight as Winnipeg has completely thrown the blender together and come up with a very different looking top 9. So, Connor Dubois and Wheeler will be on the top line, Cop, Shifley, Appleton will be on the second, Vesseline and Stassny, and Pro are on the third line, and the fourth line is Harkins, Thompson, and Lewis. If you ask for my assessment of these lines, I honestly can't really tell you because I don't know. I don't really know what to make of any of these units. I would have to see them in action. My gut feeling is it will probably work out decently enough, especially against a team like Edmonton that's mostly a one-line unit. But then again, the Jets have also really struggled against any other unit when Dave Tippett basically shuts down the neutral zone. So we'll have to see how the Jets handle this. You know, off the rush, that's something that Tippett defends really well with that Oilers roster. It's something that the Jets have really not been able to solve so far. Maybe this lineup will finally get it done. I just don't really get it 100%. You know, I think that we're... Really late in the season to be trying out multiple centers where the Jets basically used them as wingers previously. It's kind of funny that it's taken them this long to do it. Maybe this lineup will actually be good enough to do something in the postseason. We'll find out. The power play units also got a bit of a mix-up. Shifley, Wheeler, Stastny, and Appleton, as well as Pionk, are on the first one. And then the second unit is going to be Dubois, Connor, Gop, Perot, and Morrissey. Pionk on the first power play unit, good. The second power play unit, gonna be a problem with Morrissey on the back end, especially without Ehlers on that unit. Morrissey's just not really somebody that I see as particularly effective on the power play. You know, we certainly know that his even strength scoring rates are not exactly, you know, points wise he does get assists and whatnot, but as far as like his actual shooting presence is concerned, not really something I'm looking for. That second power play unit really works best when it has a really rapid cycle, really quick, you know, one-touch passing and and stuff that allows them to stretch out defenders very quickly. If you're having Morrissey take point shots all the time, that could take away from what makes that unit so effective. When Pionk actually shoots from the point, he takes very good shots. They tend to be on target, they find open gaps in shooting lanes, they have a a pretty good presence to actually work their way through defensive structures and beat goalies from distance, so I, I feel like Pionk shooting is actually dangerous, Morrissey's release is just not that strong, and it leads me to wonder what exactly Morrissey's going to bring to the second unit, so we'll find out, I don't know if there's any really better options um, aside from that, the only other lineup change is that Logan Stanley is benched in favor of Jordy Ben, which, whatever, I guess, I don't even know what to say about this change. Stanley's not been good, um, and neither has Ben, so at least we'll find out if Ben is capable of recovering form. Hopefully he'll be, like, a serviceable third-pairing guy, but I'm not really holding my breath on this one. Uh, as far as that's concerned, I just don't really know what to make of this team. I think the Jets are in kind of a strange spot. Ehlers out is a huge loss. I don't really know how they're going to handle against, uh, you know, better teams that are, are definitely playoff contenders. The Jets aren't always good against bad teams either, so it's not like it's just playoff contenders that gives Winnipeg fits. I'm not really sure if we're going to see a great squad in tonight's game. Even at full strength, they really struggled against Edmonton, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping that they reverse the trend. But again, not really holding out a lot of hope. I'll recap tonight's game on tomorrow's episode and give you some thoughts on how the Jets handled it and whether or not this new lineup is actually going to work. But for the remainder of tonight's episode, we are going to take a look at how the Jets handled a uh, very annoying and frustrating Toronto Maple Leaf squad. Minor spoiler alert, it did not go well. Before then though, I thought you should hear about 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagements, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and they're fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. The ring from Plot Boutique is amazing. It's so simple and clean, but the vintage details are just incredible. It's a perfect little ring that's so timeless and would make the perfect gift. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring to treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this one out. They won't be around for long, so don't delay. Find them now by searching the words 10x10 only at BlueNile.com. Again, that is 10x10 at BlueNile.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. We talked a little bit about some major injuries to the Jets forwards who have uh, now actually changed the way Winnipeg is going to be playing in this upcoming game against Edmonton, but we'll talk about how that game ends up panning out tomorrow. Tonight we're actually going to focus on Winnipeg's game over the weekend against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Before we dive into what was a bit of a disaster class, I wanted to give you a heads up about why you need to be tuned into the Locked On Podcast Network's NFL Draft coverage. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. I hope I catch a few of you wonderful Ravens fans there, and if I see any Steelers fans, don't worry, you're also allowed. Just, you know, don't tell me you're a Steelers fan. NFL action aside, it's now time to focus on NHL action between Winnipeg and Toronto, which, yeah, um... So the first couple of minutes of this game I thought were actually pretty fun. Winnipeg looked like they were up for it. Like in the first minute, they scored a beautiful goal where Stastny, Ehlers, and Dubois had a really great zone entry, a really great give and go, and then a perfect goal from Nikolai Ehlers to finish off the play. It was an excellent rush opportunity. And for me, honestly made me excited for how this game would turn out. I thought Winnipeg was going to have a much better effort and and maybe even win this game. A bright start for the Jets against the Leafs, you know, I I think that's something that everyone would be anticipating, everyone would be excited for, and certainly after the lackluster effort against the Oilers a few nights ago, as well as the somewhat closer loss to the Leafs uh, just the the evening or so before, I felt like the Jets actually had a pretty good chance. You know, maybe a couple of losses in a row would put the Jets in a bit of a foul mood, they'd be angry, they'd be ready for a win. Unfortunately, what followed was um, not quite what I was hoping for. The Jets first conceded a goal just a couple minutes later on a really weird sequence where I don't really know what exactly was going on. Logan Stanley was way up high inside the defensive zone on the right side for some reason. I don't know if he was chasing the puck carrier up there or something, I don't know. Toronto does like a lot of vertical puck movement and certainly a lot of cycling, which tends to throw havoc into Winnipeg's defensive structure. But DeMello wasn't on the left side or anything either, and then the only guy in front of the net was Andrew Kopp for Winnipeg. The only other skater anywhere near the net was Joe Thornton, and he ad- ended up out-muscling Andrew Kopp for a beautiful wraparound goal. Andrew actually needs to win this physical battle, but I-, I do understand that it's not necessarily his fault. I think the entire play was just a huge bust and a weird defensive coverage that I don't, I don't really get. I know Toronto's puck movement and all can actually make the Jets very vulnerable, but by the same token, why is Stanley on the right side all the way up inside his own defensive zone? What's he doing at his own blue line? Like, what causes you to chase that high up when the rest of the skaters are not even close? So I I didn't really understand that. Um, Just a really weird sequence. Not exactly a surprise, I guess, but I was hoping it wouldn't get worse from there. Unfortunately, the Jets then conceded another Haller of a goal, this one coming from a bit of a neutral zone dump that went off the walls. Hellebuck comes out of his net to play the puck behind his own net, which you you would imagine is pretty normal, pretty standard practice. But if you remember a couple of weeks ago, there was that one weird bounce that went off the wall, and it ended up falling right to Paul Byron for an easy goal. More or less the same exact play occurs here. This time, the puck finds Mitch Marner for an empty net opportunity, and of course, Marner's not really going to miss, and makes it 2-1 Toronto. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, how exactly does this happen again? So I know that, like, Connor Hellebuck is supposed to play the puck outside of his net at times, but... Also, every time he touches the puck, it is a bit of an adventure. It's not like he's completely incapable of doing it, but it's like the one main thing that Hellebuck always seems to struggle with, and it always makes every every possession behind his own net a really dangerous sequence. This one is a bit of a fluky bounce, and I think the actual play that he was intending to make was fairly standard for most goalkeepers, but I think the bigger question is, should Hellebuck just stay inside his own net and not really come out that often? Actually, a fair and legitimate question. It's like the only thing that he's like seriously weak at for some reason, and it's kind of funny because it's like a continual problem. He's really confident in his puck handling, even though that's like the only thing he's bad at. It's not like he's alone in this either. A lot of goaltenders don't really handle the puck all that well, which is why Mikhail Berdine is actually super fun to watch. When you see Hellebuck getting caught on a really weird bounce like this, though, a lot less fun. Unfortunately, when the second period rolled around, things didn't really get better. Winnipeg ended up conceding another goal. And to be honest, I don't even remember what this one was, but uh, all in all, it, it just felt like the Jets in the second period weren't really able to create much of anything. You know, the Jets don't often get stifled, but this wasn't even stifling play. It was more like the Jets just sort of abandoned a lot of the offensive principles that make them such a dangerous team. When you see how the Boston Bruins play and how a lot of times they sort of trap their opponents into playing a really physical, edgy, gritty style... You know that usually Boston tends to, well, at least historically, has has won a lot of those battles. So that's not a play style that particularly suits the Jets and not something that I want to see them playing. A few years ago, like in 14-15, when they had a really gritty squad that was very intensely physical and and generated a lot off of like a physical forecheck, that's a little bit different. In theory, though, this Jets team is built for a lot more speed and certainly a lot of uh, really fast counterattacks, very rapid puck movement, all that sort of stuff. Unfortunately, this was a game where they kind of abandoned all that and started chasing hits. I know a lot of people were really excited to see Pierre-Luc Dubois being one of the most physical players on the ice, but to be honest, I think that actually takes away from a lot of what he does. If he's chasing hits, it's because he's out of possession. I don't mind going for physical play if it actually makes a difference inside the game, right? But if you're just going for hits to sort of physically punish your opponents, and you're sort of forgetting, like, you need to actually score to win the game... Well, I don't really know what your angle is then, because if you just want to sort of get retribution and retaliation for different hits and things that you feel the the Leafs have thrown against you, you're not going to win the game. Toronto was, of course, very physically aggressive, but they also had a lot of skill and ability to really hurt the Jets on counters and when Winnipeg made really bad defensive errors. Their physicality was an additional element of their, their skilled success, and I think that that's something that the Jets, for some reason, sort of got away from. In a little bit, we'll talk about the conclusion of this game and whether or not Winnipeg was able to get back on track and end up coming back in this one, or if they sort of played the same really physical style that just didn't really have much substance. Before we reach the end of our podcasting journey for the day, though, I did want to tell you a little bit about why Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. If you've heard me talk about Bilt Bars in the past, you know that I'm personally a huge fan. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a dark chocolate exterior and a soft chewy interior. Of their 12 original flavors, I recommend making raspberry and mint brownie as two of your main starting points, but if you want to try all of them, there's a variety box so you don't have to pick and choose only one or two flavors. Like any great company, Bilt is still looking for ways to innovate and push the boundaries, and they're back and better than ever with a brand new, improved Bilt bar. Featuring 6 new delicious flavors like Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. I've had all 6, and I have to say, Cookies and Cream and Lemon Almond Cheesecake, those are my personal picks. But you literally cannot go wrong with any single flavor you choose. Hint, hint, just buy all of them. They're all fantastic. To place your order, go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. When it comes to the weird, wild, wacky, and wonderful world of online betting, you need to know that there's a name that you can trust and that's safe, easy, convenient, and reliable. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. BetOnline also has all the coverage you need of the NFL Draft and the Kentucky Derby, with the Derby signaling the first leg of the Triple Crown, which begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and look for contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs through the postseason. Register for your free account at betonline.ag, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus when you register for a free account at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are recapping Winnipeg versus Toronto, and uh, it did not go super well. As you can guess, the Jets were down 3-1 entering the third period. The second period, they basically abandoned any sort of game plan beyond just smash as many Toronto skaters as you can, and I don't think that that plan worked out particularly well. Winnipeg ended up losing 4-1 with an empty net goal, and of course... Not a particularly ideal way to close the game. It didn't really feel like the Jets were ever that dangerous, and when the Jets actually did create good offensive opportunities, Jack Campbell ended up snuffing all of them out. At the other end, you know, Connor Hellebuck had to be extremely sharp. He probably robbed three to four shore goals for Toronto, which was crazy because, let's be honest, the Leafs were buzzing all over Winnipeg. Ignoring the game itself, one of the most interesting narratives that came out of this was that Mark Shifley was benched for probably, I don't know, 15 or so minutes, Uh, and of course this was because when there was a 4-on-4 sequence where Shifley ended up being really lazy in possession, he casually skated back to the bench, which allowed Toronto to get a 2-on-1, and that was the third goal of the night for the Leafs, so... You know, Shifley ended up getting benched, and of course it was for Maurice to send a message. And my first question is why? Not because I think the message is wrong, but why now? You know, Shifley hasn't exactly been defensively attuned for years. He's basically been... I don't know, I wouldn't say lazy, but also it kind of feels like that's the best way to describe it. You know, Mark's body language and effort levels feel like they've been at a level where I'm not really impressed with his play. You know, he's certainly very productive offensively. He can shoot, he can He can pass, he can skate into really dangerous areas, he's very good at even and on the power play, but there are so many elements of his, of his game that have definitely declined over the years, and I feel like one thing is that if he's not really as engaged, he just doesn't put the level of effort you would expect out of him in. Every player does take shifts off, it happens. You can't be motivated 100% of the time, you're not going to always be at your physical and emotional best, and I don't expect that from anyone. But Mark was kind of gliding through a lot of his progressions and stuff to the level where I kind of wondered what exactly was going on with him. And it's not like it's a new thing this season. In fact, I'd say this year was probably the most he's been engaged with the team in a while. He still doesn't always back check and make defensive reads, but certainly as far as being offensively engaged and transitioning up and down the ice... This has been a pretty decent season for him overall. Benching Shifley now, for me, is just a bit of an odd decision because I feel like if you were really bothered by this for many years, why didn't you do something sooner? I get that the coaching staff wants to make sure everyone is responsible heading into the postseason, right? But accountability has been needed for this team for years. Why now versus all those other times? I I feel like it just sort of... Maybe sends the wrong message, maybe doesn't really get the point across, and Shifley obviously did not take it well. He said he was pretty pissed about it. And while his full interview quote um, definitely explained that he and Maurice had a a conversation and he doesn't always have to agree with the coaching staff, he still needs to obey their orders, you could kind of feel him bristling under those words. His final line on that interview was pretty curt as far as his benching, so I'm pretty sure that he's not happy. He said he just wants to leave it at that. And uh, yeah, not exactly a great situation. If your first line center is kind of pissed at his ice time, and he's also not really pulling his weight in certain areas, it does make you wonder what the relationship on the back end is like. You know, Shifley is very important to this team, but I also wouldn't be surprised if there is a rift between him and the coaching staff. I think that there were issues before in previous years. I'm just not sure that this is the time to be hashing all of it out rather than a couple of years ago or even earlier in this season. Then, you know, we're heading into the postseason in like two or three weeks. Maybe don't make everyone super angry at the coaching staff as you head into that break or or essentially the next stage of this season. So I I don't really get it. What's done is done. We'll find out if Shifley is fired up and motivated tonight against the Oilers. He's probably going to get McDavid again, so hopefully he doesn't get pasted and uh, that line ends up succeeding. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on the Shifley benching and whether you thought it was warranted or not. Be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. That is going to do it for tonight's episode, though. Before you log off, we have even more exciting NFL draft coverage with the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. It's happening right now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Jason LaCanfora, and Brian Baldinger, Our local experts are making trades and picks for all of their favorite teams. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. As always, thanks for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!